Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Urticaria, the podcast brought to you by the UCARE Network. My name is Marcus Malva and today I have with me Martin Church. Hi Martin, thanks for joining us. Hi Marcus and good morning from a, a England where it actually it is not raining today. That's good. Martin, you are in England, but you have been here with us at the UCARE at Charité for more than 10 years now. I want to talk to you about some of the highlights of what we have done together uh, and about some of the unmet needs. When you look back, let's say the last five or 10 years, what are some of the more interesting and exciting developments that uh, you have seen in Urticaria? Well, I think the most exciting uh, movements forward are the characteristics of virtually proving that it's IgE or IgG mediated. I mean, when I started, we had no idea why people er erupted. Now it appears we have at least some ideas. Some progress has also been made on how mast cells make the wheels. You're, an, you're, you're a histamine expert, antihistamine yeah. expert. Can you share with us how you see the role of histamine in chronic urticaria these days? I'm fairly sure that uh, histamine is involved. I think uh, one of the best studies we did uh, was looking at cold urticaria when we were actually using dialysis. Some people produced a lot of histamine, so much so that the antihistamine just could not control it. Funnily enough, others produced virtually no histamine, and yet they were very antihistamine sensitive. Mm. But I think using an antihistamine to uh, incriminate mast cells has errors because it has been shown uh, several times now that antihistamines can block a bradykinin B2 effect as well. Do you think that bradykinin is involved or what are some of the other mediators that could come into play in addition to histamine? I think bradykinin is something that really we should be investigating more. Um, the problems have been its stability for assay. I think uh, with Kuhn mass we can probably conquer that one now. But I think particularly microdialysis, looking for kinin, looking for histamine, and seeing if they parallel each other. Uh, you know, other, other mediators have been uh, proposed, leukotrienes, prostaglandins, platelet activating factor. What's the role of these mast cell mediators? Do we know? They, I think, are part of the way in which the mast cell tries to recruit other cells. I always call Marcel a naughty little boy because <laughs> what he's doing is releasing histamine to make the environment hostile and causing itch and scratching. But at the same time, he's trying to bring his friends and relatives, particularly eosinophils, into the process. And mm -hmm. their role, we're only beginning to understand this relationship between the Marcel and the eosinophil, and therefore looking at the leukotrienes 
to increase the inflammatory basis and therefore make everything much more sensitive to histamine. What, what is the role of these infiltrating cells, eosinophils, basophils? Are they major players? Um, are they partners in crime? How do you see them? I, I, I call them part, partners in crime. They tend to increase the inflammatory uh, status of the local tissues. And therefore, in my feeling, they will make it much more sensitive to histamine. So even a, a weaker stimulus will cause a wheel and a flare and an itch than if these guys had not been there. Mm. I want to come back to histamine, Martin. Um, you are a pharmacologist by training. Uh, you have helped to develop antihistamines for many years. Um, where do we stand now? Can antihistamines still be made better? My feeling is we can't go much further with the H1. Um, I think uh, we've gone right down the line. We've got a couple of very, or several very potent drugs. We have two two drugs that are pumped out of out of the brain by peak like a protein, namely fexofenadine and belastin. And so we can now use antihistamines, very high doses, without unwanted effects. I think our next move has got to be into looking at H4. Now mm. that has a role, I'm sure, but that's not for discussion today. But I really think this is where the, the next major advance in antihistamine activity is going to be. You think that combining an antihistamine that works against the H1 receptor and one that works against the H4 receptor is a promising approach? It could well be. How about the histamine 2 receptor? Uh, that's interesting. That, of course, is mainly gastric in its activities. Mm. But the H2 receptor tends to stabilize basophils. So it will reduce basophil activity uh, slightly. But I really don't think in urticaria it's, it ha they have much effect. You talked about the eosinophils and the basophils, mast cells, of course. Yeah. How about T cells and B cells? Are we neglecting <laughs> them? Is that something that uh, future projects should deal with? Well, if you look upon allergy and urticaria as an orchestra, certainly the T cells are the conductors. Mm. They help to control just about everything. Uh, if there is an increase in mast cell numbers in the skin in urticaria, this is going to be under the control of T cells as much as anything else. So quite possibly knocking out some of the T cell effects, particularly urticaria, could be useful. With B cells, we're looking at the synthesis of IgE. Mm -hmm. uh, and in those people with a higher IgE level, which the IgE-mediated uh, urticaria uh, people are, then possibly reducing B cells to reduce the IgE may also be beneficial. Mm -hmm. But I think these are going to be small compared to uh, you know, H1, possibly H4. Mm -hmm. really, Thank you, with B cells and T cells, we go more into the background rather than anything else. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, thank you for these insights, Martin. Um, we've making we've been we've been making progress with um, network efforts. UCare is growing. UCare is productive. Are yep. you happy with what this network does? Do do you see it um, live up to all its uh, potential? live up to all its potential i don't think it is at the moment but it's certainly very very useful in what it is doing what should we be doing Bringing together uh, research workers for all over the world and getting them talking i think is a major usefulness uh, what we have to do is try and coordinate the research done through uk a little bit stronger mm. So you think there is an opportunity to touch on some of the big questions, the underlying causes, the pathogenesis of chronic urticaria? Oh, I think there is. And I think, you know, in Berlin here, we, we have a lot of the ideas stemming from our basic work. What I would like to see is going out to some of the UK people and say, do this, do this. We want your... Uh, patient profiles we want and for specific uh, projects rather than general. Uh, it's already happening, but I think it could be even better. Well, let's help to push that. Um, I, I want to move with you to the unmet needs. You know, you've been following urticaria mast cell research for quite a bit. You've seen networks started growing. Um, insights being made. Where do you want the community to go? What should be the research questions that should drive network efforts or research efforts focused on urticaria? I think I'm fairly limited in um, the way forward for that. Certainly, I think we need to get into H4 and okay. really look at that and have a number of people throughout the world trying it, make sure that all the results coming in from, say, Vietnam and China and uh, here in the UK, that they tie in, because I think this is the next step forward. Uh, with antihistamines, I think there's very little we can do more. Mm -hmm. What about cure? How do we move forward to cure this disease. You know, we're looking at symptomatic treatment, we're looking at disease-modifying treatment, but eventually we want to be able to cure this disease. Yeah. Well, like allergy, like all allergic-type responses, it is the immune system that is making a mistake. How we can correct that mistake, I really don't know. I'm not much of an immunoglobulin, uh, sorry, immunology basis, but I think we have to start looking at basically the T cell repertoire and say, stop conducting this orchestra. That, I think, is the way forward. Very good, Martin. Thanks for your encouragement and continued support of these efforts of the network. Look, one week to GOF, the Global Urticaria Forum, the standalone meeting that really the whole community is uh, looking forward to. It's hybrid this year. Many will not be able to come. You will also not be able to come. But I know you will contribute. I know you will be there. What are you looking forward to? 
I'm looking forward to some of the more novel approaches coming from the abstracts. I haven't seen the abstracts, of course, but I know a couple of the that are coming in from our team, which are, in my view, excellent. But I think it's so sad uh, that we can't all meet because it, very often the major ideas, the major move forward, come through informal talk maybe over a beer in the bar. That's where microdialysis started, over a beer in the bar in Copenhagen. Tell us more about that, Martin. Is there a story? Oh, that was a lovely little story. I went to give a talk in uh, in Copenhagen and Thurstall uh, Scoff was there. And uh, he said, Martin, can I talk to you? Uh, I said, come on, let's go and have a beer and have a chat. And he said, I got this... Uh, postdoc with the idea of putting tubes into the skin. I said, come on, let's let's design it. And we literally designed the first study there in Copenhagen. And that is that was in 1990, what, 30 years ago. Mm. And look where it's got us today. My goodness, the interesting results, that study in cold urticaria, when we, we actually found you know, the histamine levels varied so much between people. Mm. We, we need to get into, into this much more to find out the mechanisms of this. Absolutely. Martin, GUF will be followed by the Consensus Conference, Uticaria 2020. This is where we bring on board um, updates and revisions of the guideline. Um, you are uh, a, a PhD, a real scientist by training, yet you are instrumental to um, providing guidance on the use of pharmacological treatment and many other aspects in urticaria. Um, where do you like to see the guideline go? What are the areas where we need to provide better guidance, different guidance on the treatment or management in general of chronic urticaria? I think we're going very very well at the moment with the stepwise approach we have. Um, leukotriene antagonists are going to work in some people, but uh, they, they're not a, they don't work in everybody and it's very minor effect. Um, when we start to look at uh, cyclosporin, I think more needs to be done down the mechanisms of cyclosporin improving that which is mainly T-cells and B-cells. Uh, but for guidance for everybody, I think at the moment that uh, the fact that we can go up an antihistamine dosage to fourfold, mm. then to an anti-IgE, not necessarily omelizumab today, but uh, uh, anti molecular anti-IgEs, because I know there is another one that you're working on. And I'm sure there will be others around before long. And then it says cyclosporin. Well, some people still believe that. Mm. But I think uh, that's about as far as the guidelines can go with the drugs we have at the moment. Yeah. No, I agree with you. We have to base the guideline recommendations on evidence. And there is not enough evidence on many of the drugs that are being used. Also, drugs that are not as effective as the ones that are recommended by the guideline. Martin, we have to come to an end here, but I don't want to let you go without thanking you, thanking you not only for 
sharing your insights today, but also being part of Uticariology for so many years with so much impact on the community and on the findings. You continue to work, you continue to lead projects and supervise students, and uh, this is just fantastic to see you so active in the field. Martin, many, many years of experience with you and a new generation of uticariologists on their way to help to better understand this disease. If you had one piece of advice to a young, hungry, ambitious, curious uticariologist, what would that be? Oh, that's a difficult question. Can I be very specific in that I'd say join Marcus and the team <laughs> talk to the other urticaria specialists that are working on some of your lab meetings nowadays I don't understand them you're going so far into the depths of the cellular mechanisms that could play a role and I think we need through you care through your team to bring together people. There is a young gentleman, I can't remember his name, I apologize if he sees this, but he's working on uh, stress and psychological aspects. I think this has got a, a great role to play. Mm. Again, stress modifies the immune system in such, such ways. Viral infections, again, what has been the cause of, of urticaria developing? Does it follow a viral uh, attack of some sort? Mm. Can we establish that from years ago? Mm. So it's really this machine of the, of the immune system, which has now got a little bit wrong in just some small places, needs to be able to be corrected. That's where I think the research should go. And if you can do that, God, we'll have another beer. <laughs> Great, Martin. Great advice. So you heard, Martin. Keep asking the right questions and keep looking for answers in teams, in the community, in the network. This is how we can move forward together. And uh, with that, Martin, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, Marcus. And this was another episode of all things urticaria, talking with Martin Church about histamine and antihistamines and the future of urticariology. And if you have a question you would like to have us answer in one of those episodes, by all means, do reach out to us. And until then, all the best from the UK in Berlin. Goodbye. Goodbye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.